Hey, this is Lee. I really hope you've been enjoying the Business of Marketing podcast. It's from marketers and for marketers, and my intention is to bring you value, experiences, and insights that you can use. Also, if your company would like to have their own podcast, I would love to help. The team at Content Monster specializes in B2B podcasts. So if we can help, contact me at contentmonster.com. That's contentmonster, M-O-N-S-T-A.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Business of Content Podcast, a place where you can learn how to use digital and social media to drive your business and personal brand. And now your hosts, A. Lee Judge and Dante Carter. Let's do this. All right. Once again, welcome to the Business of Content Podcast, where we talk about content creation and how to use it to connect with your audience. I'm A. Lee Judge. And I'm Dante Carter with the Jimi Hendrix shirt. <laughs> See, for those of you who are checking us out on IGTV or Facebook or, or LinkedIn, wherever we go, you're going to see us at, today's topic is the many types of content for business, specifically mm. for business. Business. For business. That's what we're here for, right? That's so right. So what, what are the ones we're going to cover today, Dante? What we're going to cover today is we're going to talk about using um, video, blogs and web pages, podcasts, webinars, social short format content um content so i'm excited all right all right well i'll get it kicked off here with my one of my favorites is Let's video go. so we're gonna start with video and we're gonna probably end up with video okay but i'll start with video because uh for me with video you can derive all other types of content from video so video i consider a a base type of content because from video you can derive the audio from the video you can get the text for blogs and for web content from the video. You also have, of course, the video from the video. And when it comes to the short form content, as you'll see we do with here with this show, you'll see clips of video, you'll see clips of audio, uh, you'll see quotes and tweets and things that come from things that happen and that we say on this show. So from that base of video comes a lot of content that we repurpose for social short form content. Can I interject real quick? Please. So for the, for business owners, because they're going to want to know the why, right? right? Why is this important? Can you explain to them why it's so important for for you to walk in when you have when you've made this great piece of video content? Why it's so important to think about? Okay, how will how, how else can I repurpose this material? Yeah, because often, as we discussed earlier offline, that you know people will will purchase or hire companies to give them content, and they all they have is content. They just have a video in their hands. Okay, now what do I do with it? They've got some words on a page. How do I use this as a proper blog? So what to do with that content for business? That's what you're asking, right? Yeah. So you've got to consider uh, the value of content in terms of reaching your audience. It gives you a vehicle to tell your story, a uh, vehicle to show who you are, to show your expertise, uh, and all those different platforms. It also gives you the ability to repurpose that content to meet the people, your customers, where they are. Yeah. They have the control now. Definitely. Right? Uh, you know, before when there was radio and television and print and that was it, you could pretty much know that everybody watches the same few TV stations or whatever. Now, it isn't just a matter of, you know, mobile TV, print. It's also mobile, their phone. And then within mobile, you've got all the different channels that people may tune into. When I say channels, I mean IGTV, Instagram. going to get back to IGTV. Oh, yeah. Uh, Instagram. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, all those social channels, and you have to realize that your customers have their own favorite, so you have to have content for them where they are because it's their choice where to find you. You know, 
going back to IGTV, I mean, that's one of the things that I'm most excited about, right, yeah. is IGTV. I think more and more the Internet is is really showing this world that your TVs don't matter anymore because nobody's watching them. Mm-hmm. Even when, it be, you know, before it was, well, when the major sports events come on, people are going to watch. Well, no, because they're streaming everything on their phones right now. So it's going to be really interesting to see with this IV, um, IGTV channel, I mean, there's a new channel. There's a new way for people to put out content and a new way for them to own their platforms. So it's yeah. going to be very interesting to see how, as we talked about video, how mm-hmm. that plays a huge role in it. And I don't know if you had any. No, I, I was gathering some stats last week on, on video consumption and who was consuming video. And this particular chart to try to give you a visual of what it looked like, you have a baseline. And from that baseline, it tells you for age groups like, you know, 0 to 12, 12 to 18, 18 to 30, whatever, 18 to 25, 25 to 30. For those age groups, did video consumption on television, television only, increase or decrease? Um, and those who decreased watching television all had a graph, bar graph below the line. Mm. Every, every demographic, except for, uh, I think it was something like 40 to 50, and then, well, 50 to 65 plus, uh, I think, yeah, 40, 55, 55 plus. Except for those two demographics, they were the only ones who had a, a greater amount of consumption of television going forward. And even for those, the under under 65s was still very small. Yeah. Saying that, you know, we're not watching less TV at that age, but we're not watching very much of it, right? Yeah. The, the other medias or the other forms of uh, getting information and entertainment are rising but TV is barely growing. So that means that for that cohort of people who are barely watching more TV, they're watching so little more TV that you can deduce from that that they're watching a lot of content off the television. Uh, for those in the older age groups, they're watching more TV because they watch a lot more news. Yeah. And, and because they're not akin to the technology of watching any other way. That's what they know, right? So even they're, even they're watching content on Facebook and LinkedIn, but... From a demographic standpoint, they're the only ones watching more TV. Outside of 65+, plus. everybody's watching more content, especially video, on everything else but television. And that's crazy because, I mean, think about it right now. Back three years ago when I was still reporting, mm-hmm. what was driving the stories that we selected was social media. Yeah, it was, it was those little snippets. I mean, that's what's really giving a lot of weight to a lot of these social issues like police brutality, the Me Too movement. People are looking on here. You have these celebrities who are chiming in, who are giving their opinion. Because, I mean, think about it. I mean, 20 years ago, we didn't have this access to these high-profile people. Now, I can tweet somebody, and I might get a tweet back, (laughs) you know? I I could get a response back. 20 years ago, that was impossible. And so it's funny since you mentioned I got to tell you this. uh I looked at my LinkedIn profile, some of the people who I've connected to lately, and I see all these TV reporters People who I'm used to seeing on the eleven, the six o'clock news, right? I'm like, why is this person with six o'clock news all of a sudden connecting with me? I was like, oh, Dante. So <laughs> to to speak on the power of networking, yeah, because you and I work together on on projects, uh, and we we're, now we're sharing our network of people, right? Yeah. And so now through social media, through the content we're putting out, oh, we're definitely. attracting other people. You know, so I'm like, okay, now I got reporters coming through. So it's all because of content. Though. Yeah, but I mean, think about how big is that platform now that we're creating. Yeah. And between the folks that you have following you, the folks who are following me, we're creating a bigger platform. 
and we have full control of the content that we're placing on that pl- uh, uh, that's, platform. That's the big play. That's that's the big play. And that's what people have to understand. So when we're talking about content and why it matters so much is because, you know what, if I'm coming from outside of your network mm-hmm. and I want to see what you're about, the content allows me to do that. You know, these people that go viral, you can probably go back all the way to before they went like maybe a year or two before they went viral and you can see how minimal those numbers were. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden there's this huge jump, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just that one jump. Like people are also going back to see, okay, has their material been consistent? And at mm-hmm. which point did that material change to where everybody started loving their content? And you can trace it back to see because people are going to go back. Mm-hmm. I've had I've had folks who have gone back, <laughs> you know, years on me and, hey, man, I remember when you put this piece of content out. And that's amazing. You pointed out two things I want to go back and make sure that our, our, our audience hears. Okay. You just said basically that content is evergreen. They can oh. go back and see your content from years ago, right? Yeah, that's correct. You also alluded to the content is a two-way highway. Yeah. So unlike you know the old print, television, and radio, when you put out content now, your audience can communicate back with you. They yeah. can tell you right then, did I like it? Did I not like it? They can tell you about how it affected them. They can give you feedback on your content so you can not only improve your content, but also have a conversation directly with your audience. Oh, so definitely. That's, to me, that's one of the biggest differences now with content is that you know, when, you, when you marry content and social media, you have social content, right? Television was not social content. It was one yeah. way. Turn on TV and you watch it. If you liked it, you hated it. Your opinion really left your tele- left your living room, right? Yeah. Now you can communicate directly. If I post a post right now on LinkedIn, you can tell me whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know, if, if I have a video on Instagram or in IGTV or wherever, you can expect immediate feedback on what your content is doing. And it could it could have very deep business implications to how you change or alter or repair from issues with your with your own yeah. product or service. Well, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, just think about the Ball family and their brand, what they've been able to do. You sit back, and I'm, I'm mentioning a big brand to, to really drive the point home, but, I mean, think well, about what they... Our listeners, the Ball, give a definition who they are for those of us, those, <laughs> those listeners here who don't know. What is it? Lorenzo Ball. Um, NBA basketball player. NBA basketball player. His father, they've created this huge empire. He has three sons. Um, all three have really been top recruits. One's in the NBA... One is, has the other one even been drafted yet? Okay, uh, well, I don't want to get into sports because you, <laughs> you will lose right. me there. I want to make sure that our listeners know who the Ball family is. Yeah. Right? So we, well, they're a big sports family, period. That's all we need to say. Okay, <laughs> they're a big sports family. They're, they are more than what you heard during the whole uh, Trump feud with uh, the Ball father about the yeah. athletes, right? That, that was one of the things that he actually utilized media very well himself. They're, both him and Trump were using, using media very yeah. well to, to boost their own brands. But to, to the extent you were saying about what he did. Well, I mean, they've created a reality show, which mm-hmm. only pretty much pushes their brand to another level, right? Mm-hmm. And so you got to think about it. On Facebook, they're averaging 4.5 million views mm-hmm. on a Facebook channel. They had the opportunity to take this to BET, MTV, all these big networks, ABC. Everybody wanted it, but... They decided as a family, well, let's just go to Facebook and see what happens with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there, I don't know how many networks there are out there that can guarantee you 4.5 <laughs> million viewers. And yeah. so that's what I'm saying. So when you can identify the platform that you can dominate on and you identify what content you want to put out there, I mean, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're talking about podcasts and everything, but they took, they've 
essentially put a put a reality show out, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's part of their brand. And that's that's the biggest point here is identifying which which key um, contents are going to be most important to your brand. Well, that that he's a good example of, of my company logo, Be Content. Yeah. Right? If you see me out and you see a T-shirt or you see a website or whatever, you see the word, the hashtag Be Content, don't mistake it as Be Content. Yeah. It is Be Content. And I always tell people, you know, don't be content with not being content. Yeah. yeah. Don't be content. Be content. And, that, and Ball did just that. Just him and his family just being, they are content. Right? Documenting. Documenting Constantly. versus creating. Right. Yeah. So that's what I tell anybody. I had, a, I had a consultation just yesterday with a business person who has lots of businesses going on. And she asked me, you know, what can I do to to more zone in on who I am? What Which brand do I put out first in terms of presenting myself? And I said, well, you know what? You are the brand. She is a moving, living brand. And what she does represents everything else she does. She has foundations and businesses and all those things going on. A lot going on, but the first thing that she is is herself. Yep. And when I said, if you can document what you do daily, day in and day out of what you do with these businesses and who you are and what your causes are, your feelings are, you are being content. Yeah. And right there you have video, text, blogs, by just being content and documenting what you do uh, to create content. So, okay. Well, I, I think the, the biggest model is put your day on display, right? That's yeah. the biggest thing because people want to know what's going on behind scenes. So put your day on display. Mm -hmm. And remember that. Bring a, If you can afford to have a camera guy follow you around your office for a whole day, I mean, you probably have 100 different clips before the day is over of content, 60-second or 30-second pieces of content that you can literally put out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere that your audience is to keep them in tune to what you're doing. Yeah, well, content must, that's what we call a content day, you yeah. know, so companies can't get their mind around, you know, sometimes their mind is still stuck in the old school way of, oh, we got to get a camera crew in here and film a commercial. No, 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 no. not at all. What we do with our content day is, okay, let's just say we set up, you're going to interview certain people in your organization, certain thought leaders. We're going to follow certain thought leaders. We're going to interview people. Uh, just being around, having cameras on while mm -hmm. you do what you do, you would be amazed at the amount of content that can be created. Uh, during a content day or just documenting. So yeah. let's get back to our, our, our agenda here. We covered video pretty well. Yeah. And we, something that we, all, we will always come back to and talk about because video is one of the hottest uh, means of content right now. And Definitely. like I said, I love it because you can always repurpose video to multiple uh, pieces of content. Um, so now let's get on to blogs and web pages. Now, coming off of video, I've actually reversed that some. I've gone, you can actually take some of your written blogs mm -hmm. and repurpose those for video. Yeah. I've had blogs become video scripts. Yeah. Now, it requires some tweaking, some rewriting, um, and it requires a little bit of understanding of how to present on camera, mm -hmm. um, just like any video. But by the essence of it being a blog first, you have a script. And reading from scripts is hard. <laughs> I mean, people tend to lose all expression, become monotone, read from the screen. Uh, and you know what? Let me let you take that one because as a reporter, you know about even though you have something specific to say, you can't just stand in front of the screen like a, you know, like a mannequin and just talk. Well, it's kind of like now. It, it's, so, it's so funny because, you know, even when I've, I've performed radio interviews mm -hmm. and it's so funny, you'll see folks who come up scripted mm -hmm. and I never come up scripted. I'll stutter. I'll, I'll, I might pause for a second. And it's so funny, but, you know, folks that I, I've, I've spoken with after the interviews have aired, 
they'll say, man, everybody else just seemed so kind of monotone, not really engaged, Mm -hmm. whereas you seemed very engaged. You were thoughtful and you were always hitting on that point. And that's that's what it is um, for that point. But when we're talking about blogs and Web pages, I think the biggest thing is um, when I was back in, in the media world, we always had to take our script mm-hmm. and post it online. <laughs> you know, we were we were doing that back then, so which you, you have, were as did well you have to rewrite it. Yeah. For d- reading. Right. Yeah. Because um, in the media world, you you wrote how you spoke. Mm-hmm. And so you could be a little hip, you could be a little urban, you could use a little slang when speaking mm-hmm. because that's how people communicate with one another. But the written world, written word is different. You know, that's where <laughs> Grammarly comes into play yeah, because yeah. it can really help you to keep everything organized. But when you as you as I was writing out, you have to make sure that that thought on paper is clear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Making it very clear, making it very concise and making sure that that sentence is complete, that paragraph paragraph is complete because it's easy to kind of go from video to blogs but it's much easier to kind of go from blogs to video because you've made sure that everything grammatically is is sound right because those matter when it comes to thought intelligence and leadership now you say it's easier i think it depends on who it is well that's true <laughs> that's true because if you gave one of us for example we used to be on camera if you yeah. gave us a a blog written to be read right we would probably look at it be able to summarize it in our heads on the fly, make it sound more like conversation. Mm-hmm. But give the average person a script that was a written blog, and it will sound like a written blog. It'll sound like somebody reading a, a audio book. It'll be flush, flat, kind of boring. So it depends on who it is, I think. Yeah. Um, so somehow I end up back with video because you know that's something that's so so powerful. But so let's talk about blogs specifically. Um, to me, blog content. Uh, the biggest value in that is SEO value. Um, can Google find you? Um, are the keywords you need in that content there for the Google bots to find? Um, something I often have to remind people of, too, is that uh, from an SEO standpoint, that blog is not written for a human. No. It's written for a robot. Mm-hmm. Robots exist, and they are reading for Google what is on the web. Um, so you want to make sure your keywords are in there that uh, grammatically, it doesn't have to be, it can, it can be colloquial, it can be, you know, can use slang, but it needs to make sure that whatever keywords you want to be known for are actually in that blog, actually on those web pages, um, and that there's enough text there to to give the give some authority to your page, yeah. right? So you can have two companies with the same topic, but if one has 200 words and one has 1,000 words, Google will give more weight to the page or the blog with 1,000 words. Yeah, and I, I think... Blogs are tricky, right? Because it's not just the 200 versus 1,000, but it's also capturing SEO while capturing the reader's attention. Yeah. And so being very clear on, okay, I want to be able to make sure that these bots are, are, are tuning in to what I have up here, make yeah. sure that my content's strong, but I also have to make sure that I'm communicating with my audience. And I think that's where the tricky part is because you want to make sure that within that, 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 um, that blog that your voice is captured because that's what that's what allows thought leadership to stand out mm-hmm. if everybody sounds the same you just sound like a robot and anybody have could voice. have been it, yeah. written it so yeah. it has to be your voice and really uh, coming in with that understanding is how do i create my voice what does my voice sound like if i was to hear this blog in an audio text would i be able to decipher my voice and that's so huge and so add your experience in there your life experience allow that to give context to what you're writing about and why it matters. Let, let's clarify voice because I don't, I don't want anybody to be confused thinking when we say voice, we mean the audio sound of your voice. Yeah. 
We mean your style of delivery, your thoughts. Correct. Your your viewpoint. That's Correct. your voice, right? So the way your viewpoint may come across or may be explained should be different from anybody else's. Yeah. That's Dante's voice, right? So Correct. we all have our own voice, our own opinion, our own angle, our own experiences behind something. That is your voice. And it's important that whether you're, no matter what form of content we're talking about, whether it be video, blog, podcast, webinar, social, it has to have your voice. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go on to podcast, what we're doing right now. Oh, yeah. I love podcasts. So right now, this is going to serve as a, a base piece of content. In fact, I've realized now that for any piece of content that I create, whether it be a video or a podcast or a blog, I'm thinking if that's the first one that I create, it has to become a base for something else. You got to repurpose it. Right? So even though I may create a podcast that becomes becomes a blog, that becomes a web page, becomes a video, uh, because the podcast was created first, it, in essence, will be a base piece of content. Mm-hmm. Right? And for every uh, initiative you go after, uh, always think of, okay, if we're doing video first, if we're writing first, how can this piece of content be a base for multiple other pieces of content? I think the biggest thing you have to do is leave room to, in a, in essence, tease ahead, right? Yeah. Taking, um, holding out one or two pieces of information that you can say, hey, um, if you listen to my podcast, I'll um, I'll speak more on A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. Or if you're going to watch my video, I'll elaborate more on A, B, C, and D. But giving people a reason to also go and look at your other forms of content. Yeah. Because nobody's just going to look at it just to look at it. If your audio piece from a podcast is the same as your blog, there's no reason for me to read it because I just listen to you say it. But if there's a, if there are a few nuggets that you're saving for that blog or for mm-hmm. that video, it gives people more of an incentive to say, let me go over and listen or read those. I'm glad you said that because that there's two things there I'm hearing. First of all, I'll, I'll say that when we talk about repurposing from these three different or these several different types of content. Yeah. Um, from my personal experience, podcast to blog is probably one of the most difficult jumps to make. Yeah. Because the podcast, we're a lot more conversational. Yeah. Um, we're talking probably a little longer winded than we would be if, we were, if it was text. Yeah. Um, and without the video, some of the things we're saying might get lost. Mm-hmm. Right. In terms of, you know, with text. So. I think it's important that if we were to, and we will, if we take on a project of repurposing podcast to text, keep in mind there will be some editing to do in there. Yeah, definitely. Because there's things we may laugh and agree on and talk about and go off on, you know, a viable tangent that may not uh, fit inside a a text. In fact, with text, I would argue that the attention span's a bit shorter. Yeah. So while you may be driving your car right now, and if you, you know you have a 30-minute commute to work, and our shows are typically around 30 minutes, then we can probably catch your attention for 30 minutes. Yeah. But if you transcribe this to text, it may be longer than you want to read. Yeah. So for this to become text, for a podcast to become text, you're going to want to edit it, get out those key points, as you just said, and make sure it's condensed enough to where it's a readable piece of yeah. content. And that's why a lot of... You know, these big time bloggers, what's one, what's one of the first things that you see on that that blog post? Oh, this is a five minute read or a four minute read because yeah. they're allowing you to know right off top how long it's going to take you to read this article. They're going to let you know if you have 10 minutes, if you have five minutes, you can read this article. And that's important for people because time matters. Yeah, that's that's a great feature yeah. on Medium for those yeah. of you who blog on Medium. The reason why I mentioned, you know, blog and Web pages is separate is because 
some blogs will be blogs on blog sites like Medium. It's a very yeah. good site. Some blogs could be your blog on LinkedIn. Um, but if the blog is on your own website, then it is both a blog and it is also a web page on your on your website. That's um, correct. And then also your web pages that are not blogs are also content to explain what your business does and, and how it works. And within those web pages of describing your services, describing your businesses, you can have videos or podcasts or things uh, interspersed amongst those to help drive home what you're trying to explain on that page. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. So that's content within content in that case, right? Yeah. Yeah. Content on content. Definitely. So we talked about video so far. We talked about blogs and web pages. We talked about podcasts. And, in, and with each one of those, we talked about how to repurpose one for the other. And so we'll continue to build on that and yeah. talk about webinars, something really big with businesses, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think at the end of the day, people want to know that you know your stuff, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can you show me? I think webinars are the best way to show folks that, hey, I know my stuff. And guess what? As we mentioned before, it's on demand. Yeah. So it's it's not that I have to sit down at noon every day and listen to you talk about or listen to me uh, talk about the importance of storytelling, why it matters, how it shows the results of what I do. But I can listen to it on my free time. My free time might be at 8 p.m. that night right. and I can listen to and find out Dante's seven keys to a great story broken down in a fashion that I can understand. You know what I'm saying? Very yeah. simplified. Yeah. People tend to think the webinars are, you know, this webinar happens at 5 o'clock or 12 o'clock on this day. Now, I guess because of the, I think webinars are still kind of catching up in terms of how to market themselves. Because even with webinars, the majority of views are going to happen. Well, I would say right now, I would say it's about half and half in terms yeah. of what's live and what's on demand. Uh, but it's getting to the point now where I, I deal with several uh, webinar platforms, whether it be, you know, GoToMeeting or or On24 or Web or WebEx, and they're all realizing that they need to make sure their on-demand game is strong. Yeah. Um, I've actually attended one webinar where um, I had to attend it twice because I was helping some people train on something. I watched the webinar once, and then I signed up to have uh, people I was working with to watch it again for gotcha. training. Interesting thing happened here, whereas. I listened to the webinar, and the guy had a problem because his dog came into the room barking during the <laughs> webinar. And it was a little bit of comic relief. You know, it broke the ice a little bit, woke everybody up for a second, and went back to the webinar. A week later, I'm watching this webinar with my team, another live webinar. On cue, dog walks in. Guy said the same thing. I remember, wait a minute, this is what I saw last week. <laughs> that live webinar was, in fact, not live. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so... Even if you have to do as this company did, they, in fact, I, I give the credit to the platform. The platform, I won't promote that particular company, but that company does a really good job at allowing companies to rebroadcast their live webinars as a second live webinar when actually it's recorded. Um, so whether it's on demand in that aspect of a, actually it was kind of a manned on demand. There was somebody yeah. there with the webinar, but they were just basically chatting. They weren't really giving the webinar. Whether it's on demand or live, webinars are very good for thought leadership. Yeah, uh, they're very good for lead generation mm-hmm. uh, because that's one of the few pieces of content left that you can say you must sign up to get this content. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's still you can still do it with white papers um, and with some videos, but short of a course or something, people are reluctant to give up their information, their email address even. So. Webinars are still a very good way to to gather people's information uh, and build your database with the webinar, whether it be live or ongoing on demand. 
Yeah. And as you were saying, with people not being reluctant or being reluctant to give away that information. I mean, that's important because it also bleeds off into another very important piece of content, which is the email marketing Mm -hmm. and which is creating these newsletters, really being able to engage um, folks on a more personal level. You can do that when you have their emails. And so I think people are really understanding how important their emails are nowadays. And so it's it's very hard to kind of, you know, pry those fingers away (laughs) (laughs) to get to get those emails. But that's that's a huge part of, of really engaging that audience and keeping them connected with your brand, with your services, with your products. And keep in mind, we talk about all these different types of content, and we often mention that uh, we have had actually a whole show dedicated to where to put your content, what channels to use them on, but you need to be sure you own your content as well. So yeah. webinars are a good way to get their email addresses so that you can keep in contact with those people because if your whole database is on YouTube or LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, you don't own that content. You don't own the content, right? Mm-hmm. And you also don't own those that database. Yeah, that database. I'm those sorry. people, yeah, they may disappear tomorrow. Yeah. But if you have engaged with them in order to get them to give you their email address, then no matter what platform goes away, as long as you still have email and internet, you can contact your base yeah. and share your content directly with them. So webinars i think are one of the best lead generation type of pieces of content that we'll we'll probably ever discuss anytime soon yeah i mean i i just don't know anything at this point that can one-up that you know because that's a way of of continuing to engage that audience without you know back in the day what was it that we talked about the cold calling and how annoying that is but yeah you know i mean it it allows you to really see if your messaging is on point because you have an idea of who's opening up your emails who's not and um, really continuing to communicate. And so that's that's the huge thing. Now, thinking about webinars, though, you have to have your information game on point. You can't yeah. come to a webinar. You cannot present a webinar and not have value. I mean, yeah. with video and blogs and podcasts, you might get away with it sometime if your value lacks. But your webinar, it has to be every single slide in the webinar better have some value, some what's in it for me, for your viewer. Um, that's why it's good to have uh, guest speakers on there, guest experts. Um, in fact, it's almost crucial to have somebody who's outside of your company to speak as a third-party uh, authority on something other than your own. So webinars have to have tons of content for your listeners or your viewers. And, you know, just another nugget, you know, you mentioned having that guest speaker come on. I think when it comes to that guest speaker, making sure that that's, uh, that, that person is a uh, – they're a leader of the pack in their industry. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They've they've got the followers. They they have the results. Absolutely. There's somebody that's going to add to what you already have, not somebody that's going to compliment you. I mean, you really don't need somebody to compliment you. You need somebody that's going to push your message yeah. even further. And so I think those are one of the keys when, when you're thinking, okay, well, who do I bring on? Figure out which industry you're going after. What's their niche? And figuring out, okay, if it's, if it's the... If it's the law or, or the legal space, if it's um, the medical space, who are the thought leaders in that mm-hmm. space? Who can I bring in that's going to that's gonna open a lot more doors than I could have myself with mm-hmm. this webinar? Authority. Got to yeah. be the authority. So the last one, and we'll probably get back to video again, but the last one is short form content for social. Yeah. I think it's easy to say, we we'll both agree on this, that anything we discussed before, we discussed video, blog, podcast, webinars, all of those can be made into short content for short format content for social right yeah um you know a lot of you know our parents their parents 
they saw the short form content as teasers before commercials when they used to watch mm. the news. You know what I'm saying? That's when they used to see the short form content. I mean, it's the same. It's the same application, just a different platform, right? Yeah. So it's it's all the same stuff that we were seeing before. The platforms have just changed. And so people are still taking that same practical uh, instead of it being a 30 second commercial. It's a 30 second short form content on mm. what you're talking about, what you're bringing to the table. And you're pushing people to tune in to that larger piece of content. That's great, because uh, the, the teaser, that's something that people understand. Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> and so if you're turning your nose up to Instagram, to Facebook, even to Snapchat, if you're a business person, you can't get away from the term like teaser to think about all those platforms as places to put your teasers. Yeah. And that content doesn't have to just just uh, tease a larger piece of content. It could tease your whole company, your whole yeah. story. Mm -hmm. Get them interested in you in a short piece of content, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, uh, to get them more interested in you. Right. Yeah. So it comes in basically two flavors in my book. I see the first flavor being the teaser that helps direct you to the longer content or to the company to learn about them. And the second piece of uh, short form social content is that that's so condensed with value that it can hold its own. It can yeah. stand on its own. So if you have the ability um, to create content that's 30 seconds to a minute long, two minutes max of short form content, uh, whether it be a sentence for Twitter or you know a video for Instagram or, or Facebook, uh, that short form content can in fact be dense enough to provide value within itself. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that's so important. And this is one thing that I'm, that I really want to stress to business owners. Cause you know, I, I spoke with a, a business owner here recently and he said, look, man, I love what you do. I love what you provide, but I can't make money off Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't laugh in his face, <laughs> but on my way to my car, I was laughing and I, I had to really educate him on how he was missing the point. And what I'm getting at is, and when I say educate, I say educate because he said, hey, I can't make money off Facebook. But then he took his commercial and went to a news station and bought time so for a commercial. If I ever, if I ever hear that, I'm going to say, oh, so I guess you got to make money off NBC. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't make money off Facebook. You won't make money off NBC. But what I'm, my whole point is he spent $60,000 oh on a God. commercial. Right. Oh well, not a commercial, but for the airtime. Right. Because yeah, yeah. it was during one of their prime time shows. Well, you know, wait, wait. First, he paid money to make the commercial. Pay money to make it. <laughs> then he paid money to, to have it seen. But what I'm saying is if he would have put sixty thousand dollars in the Facebook or Instagram, how many more eyes? I mean, oh, I've I've put in, I've put two hundred dollars behind an ad before three hundred dollars behind the ad. And I've gotten an impressive. I mean, even with 50 bucks. I've gotten thousands and thousands of people liking and viewing that post. And so if you talk now about careful, 60, he would hear that and say, you said you got some likes and views. What did you get in your pocket? <laughs> See, I'm got, we got to be fair here. We, we do. We do. So I, I got the views. I got the likes. But even based upon that service that I provided, even one person would have made up for that. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I did get that one person. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's my whole point. It's you're 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 targeting can be so much more beneficial on a platform where you can identify who you want, where you know your clients' profiles. Mm -hmm. I know I want, I know I want this person in this industry. I know I want them at this um, l level job-wise, mm -hmm. making this amount of income, have this amount of success, so that they can see the benefit in me as well, and allowing it to spiral from there. But putting it behind a primetime show. Just to say, I got a commercial here. Yeah, yeah. Not not to mention that you know, and this is probably for a whole different show. But 
if you have a piece of content that does well on social, then that means it has proven itself. Yeah. And then you can put money behind it to boost it on social. You don't have the opportunity for TV. No. The, the, the local TV station will not say, I tell you what, just give us your commercial and we'll run it a few times. If it resonates, then pay us for it. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. No, never. <laughs> never. However, on Facebook and your social networks, LinkedIn, everyone else, you can put it out there and see if you get any organic um, bite on that. Yeah. And you can put out 10 pieces of content, and if three of them jump organically, those are the ones you put your money behind. Yeah. Right? So that's something you can get out of this, uh, creating your own, own content and putting it out there socially that you won't get uh, from traditional advertising. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's what makes that short format content so important because people, I mean, time is an asset. We, mm-hmm. it's, it's been that way for centuries. Those short um, format contents allow people to really tune in for 20, 30 seconds where they find their time is, is uh, not as valuable for 20, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. They can see what you're about, and if they like you, they can engage with you. If not, they can keep moving. But that, that very short content is so important. I'll tell you what, let's make it happen right now. Watch, watch what I'm about to do. Okay, right? watch, do it. Just, just watch. On today's show of the Business of Content podcast, we covered short-form content and how you can use that short-form content to lead to longer-form content and boost your engagement by just doing short, small pieces of content. Be sure to check out the show and learn about video, blogs, podcasts, webinars, short-form content, and more. Check us out. Boom. I love it. Now, that piece of content will be a part of this podcast and it's going to be a part of, you'll see it as a short piece of content somewhere. Yeah. So you're going to have, a, I guess, an inception of what just happened here, right? Yeah, especially when they see it on our social media platforms, our LinkedIn platform. Well, you know, LinkedIn is social media, but, you know, they'll, they'll have a very, they'll have a better understanding of what we just did. And I mean, that's right. the, our, our whole point of even having this podcast is not about this whole sell, sell, sell. It's right. about providing value, 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 right. and letting you know not only do we know what we're doing, but we're also giving you the opportunity to see, okay, if I'm making content and I decide, hey, I want to use Content Monster, or hey, I want to use Carter Media Group, I know exactly what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And that has to be the focus with the short format content, is being very clear, very clear about what you're providing. And if you think what I just did was a commercial, no, because in most cases, when we find snippets of this show to to push socially, it's just snippets of the show. It's just snippets of what we did, what we talked about. Yeah. Um, and that could have been just as natural, even though I did that very purposeful to show a point. Uh, but anything we talk about that's a small piece of content or a small point one of us makes, that can be chopped up and used socially, as you will see in both of our um, social streams. Oh, definitely. That's a great show, man. I think that's a wrap. All right. Boom. Boom. (laughs) We covered video, blogs, podcasts, webinars, and short form content. You have just listened to the Business of Content (laughs) podcast. I am A. Lee Judge. And I'm Dante Carter. Be sure to check us out here every week uh, and subscribe. I don't know if you're on your phone right now or in your car or online, but whatever you do, log on to, you know, go to your Instagram, your Stitcher, whatever you use, Google Play, whatever, for your podcast and subscribe so that you don't miss a show. And we're definitely going to get deeper into these topics this right now we're, we're very much at the shore but we're going to take you into the ocean just stay with Definitely. us keep flowing and, and help guide us if you have questions yeah uh, you want us to talk about um, we can even arrange a call to have you on the show with us so uh, we want to make sure we're giving value and answering the questions you need to know so if you're a business person a personality a small business you want you want to know more about creating content please uh, drop us a line I'm, go- I'm on LinkedIn you can find me on LinkedIn at a lead judge 
You can find Dante at Dante Carter. Find us on LinkedIn. Uh, or on, what's your website, Dante? It's uh, cartermedia.net. And if you have any questions, you can send me an email at info at cartermedia.net. All right. You can find me. My main website right now is Content Monster. That's M-O-N-S-T-A dot com. Uh, there's a form there to fill out. Or like I said, meet me on LinkedIn or email me judge at contentmonster.com. All right. Till next time. Thanks for the show. Dante was great. It was awesome. Adios. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Business of Content podcast brought to you by contentmonster.com and Carter Media. If you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to give it five stars and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.